There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Welcome, everybody. I am David Sumrall, your guest host for your guest host, Mark Sutherland. For your host, the way this works today, and uh, it's good to see you. I am the founder of the Stop Hate Awareness Program, and uh, Mark Sutherland and myself have been friends for several years. Um, he came to one of my events in Tennessee a few years ago and kicked off this big adventure that we've been on together as brothers in Christ, especially. It's been a, an amazing journey. And he asked me if I could sit in for him today. So I appreciate that opportunity to meet a new audience and to share with y'all some of this adventure that we're on. And uh, I'd like to consider it that if there's anything else would be a negative. And there's enough negative going on in the world all around us. We don't even know that. So we try to keep it positive and, and light as possible. But I just wanted to... Uh, Catch you up a little bit about myself. I have a guest coming in today that I think you'll be really excited to meet, Tim Rivers. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But first about me, uh, the Stop Seat Awareness Program. I founded in 1992 during the L.A. riots. And I don't know if you remember much about that time, but the media took a little piece of video and really blew us up into a race war. It seemed like the, the main perception was that all blacks hate all whites, all whites hate all blacks. That was not the true truth. And we set out to try to not fix the current situation we were in, but to prevent further situation which is ever happening through education and awareness. So STOP is an acronym. It stands for Start Start. Want to prejudge people just based on whatever they have seen, what other rendering other people does, and put them in another category. They're not as human as you are, are as good or as worthy. Sir, if you could swap your microphone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you can swap your microphone. Okay. Okay. Let's see if this one works better. Perfect. Much. Much better. All right. So we're back. I don't know how much of that you caught or how much you didn't, but I'll just continue on. 
Um, Stop Hate is an acronym. Start Turning Off Prejudice. Heal Attitudes Through Education. And that's it. An awareness program to to not prejudge each other based on whatever differences we have. And, and we've seen a lot with the teaching tolerance through the years. And, and and a lot of times, honestly, we've been tricked about what's good or bad and what we should allow and what we shouldn't. And, and you know, I guess if you've ever seen anything I've ever done, I always blame the church. And then I follow that up with, I'm the church and we're the church. And it's our fault for not voting our morals and our conscience and our, our, our biblical standards and, and turning the cheek at the wrong times is not a good thing. And letting people do what is evil and immoral without saying anything, we're, we're kind of in a bad spot now because of our choices. And I'm not pointing the finger at anyone besides myself when I say that, because we have to be more active. And then we slide into the current, current, I guess, decade. So in 1992, we started, we used to fight the Klan and, you know, the nation of Islam and, and, and some really, I, I guess, popular hate groups back in the day. And now it's switched to, you know, BLM and Antifa and the government. So a few years before uh, Trump got involved in this whole political mess we're in, uh, you know, I tried to be Switzerland with Stop Hate. I tried to reach both sides of the political aisle. I had this vision of of everyone coming together and saying, hey, we, we have a lot that we have in common and we should talk about that. It just hasn't happened. It's been 30 years of, you know, hope. And uh, you can figure that one out by yourself. But, you know, when Trump hit the scene, it was different. And it seemed like things became more divided or or detailed, I guess. You could see what was going on even more so with the rhetoric and 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 the 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 evil side of politics. And so I decided to you know, quit being Switzerland, quit trying to play the middle and just come out and call it like it was. And we started going to uh, different events. Uh, we started the demand free speech events with a friend, Adriana. She uh, started this big touring series and we went around the country to DC and San Francisco and Florida and, you know, all over trying to tell people about deplatforming and censorship and, and, you know, w- w- that it was more than just a social media thing. Everybody said, well, you lost your Twitter account or your Facebook. You probably said something bad. And we were saying, you know, it's not even that. And it's not about social media. It's deplatforming your bank. It's deplatforming you, your ability to use Uber and Lyft and Airbnb and, and, and not just social media. So a lot of people didn't understand that it was more than a personal insult. It was something that actually impeded your life and and took away some of the freedoms that everyone else affords. So we did the stop the steal rallies before January 6th. I was uh, the one that basically organized for Texas, you know, the Austin rallies and a couple in Dallas and uh, had a really good time, you know, very peaceful events. Uh, We did have the, the Antifa and BLM element in Austin, across the street screaming at us the whole time. Everything always stayed peaceful. You know, we weren't there for anything, but getting our point across and loving other people. And we, we proved that with our words and our signage. And then January 6th rolled around and I didn't want to go. I was tired. I was spent. I was broke. I said, I did all these Austin events. I don't want to go. And uh, it, it turned out my wife and my friends and I got plenty of pressure from everybody. It's just not 
pressure, but nudging, you know, you really need to be there. You really need to go. You, you've been doing these things. So we showed up and I took a, a camera crew, took some friends and we spread out on January 6th and we captured some really interesting footage that the mainstream media has yet to, to show anyone. And uh, we put out a film on June 4th of 2021, just a few months after January 6th. And it was because of Mark Sutherland. And uh, he introduced me to a couple of guys over at the Red Pill, Dan Happel and Ed Griffin. And and they wanted me to come speak. So I made a 37-minute film because I had a 45-minute window to speak in. And I thought, I'll just fill it up with a video. But then they saw it and they said they wouldn't let me show it because it showed too much violence and had too much language. And I got really upset. I thought, this is the truth and this is what people need to see. And they said, well, we have small children in the crowd. It's not the right audience for that. So I modified it and did a PowerPoint. But I want people to know that the the event I was speaking at was on June 5th. So I told Daniel, my computer guy, I said, we need to put this out on June 4th so it will be ready. And I want you people to understand how this works. June 4th is the anniversary of Tiananmen Square, where the political protesters were mowed down by their by their government there in Tiananmen Square and held hostage for indefinite period of time as political prisoners, hostages. That's exactly what happened on January 6th. And, and most people don't understand that there's a certain time period before what we saw as the real violence occurred. And there was a lot of negotiation between the crowd and the police. There was a real peaceful time after that first gate push, when people just filed in and said, Hey, we're here to make our voices heard. Please don't shoot us. Please don't spray us. And yet the police attacked the crowd as we've seen story after story. And all these court cases are bringing out the truth as well. It's taken quite some time, but I'd like to uh, play you a teaser video from that first documentary writing history, R I G H T I N G. And it's the journalistic battle of January 6th. So to preface that, just remember that when this happened, the media and the government all said that the congressional staff, the congressional photographers were the eyes and ears of the riot. While we said, no, the citizen journalist and the mom and pop of the iPhone were the eyes and ears of the protest. They're calling it a riot. We're calling it a rally or a protest. There's a big difference in the language that's being used, but watch this little trailer and see if you recognize any of this. The Capitol, they're lying about everything. Good morning, everybody. We are headed to downtown. Capitol building, the peaceful. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue. The whole world is watching as America is being destroyed from within. Oh, I recognize you from Portland. Hey. Oh, so you got that team, but... If they certify a fraudulent election, that's fine. They it. Millions of Americans.
And that is the teaser for writing history. Uh, I hope you'll take the time to invest your 37 minutes wisely and go watch this film. Uh, We only got one part a little wrong. The man that's pushed off the wall, we thought was Benjamin Phillips for about a year until I finally saw some footage that the EMS from D.C. finally put out. And we were able to identify Benjamin Phillips and separate him from Kevin Greeson by their shoes. And and the man that was pushed off the wall was Derek Vargo. He actually survived, broke both his legs, pelvis. I don't know what all was mangled. He's trying to file charges for, you know, uh, police brutality, of course, to shove him off the wall like that, not try to pull him over and arrest him was attempted murder. In my case, no, no different by much than Ashley Babbitt or the other victims that day. So real quick, as a recap, there are more victims than Ashley Babbitt from January 6th that people really just didn't catch on to because of the media. And and it's an interesting situation because we like to form our opinions early and, and take whatever information that we can glean from the media because we know they don't tell us the truth. So we take everything with a grain of salt. Well, we were all told that two men died of natural causes, heart disease. And we believed that we thought, well, maybe they were unhealthy or overweight or excited or agitated or angry or whatever. And maybe they just had heart attacks and died. That's, that's the first lies. And then the, the other one was Roseanne Boyland. You know, we were told that she died from a, a methamphetamine overdose, which was a lie. She had adrenaline. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The, what, what is the, the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm horrible, horrible coffee. And what is the, the, the drug that they take? That's the anti anyway, she did not have methamphetamines in her system. She was actually, trampled by the crowd in the West tunnel, CS gassed uh, until she could not breathe and then beaten by officer Lila Morris of the Metro PD with a stick. And it's all on video. And, and, you know, I, I beg anyone to go watch that and try to tell me that Roseanne Boylan's death was a drug overdose because it wasn't. And, uh, I, I challenge you all. This is not to believe me and my stories about, you know, whatever I say about January 6th, all this research is available. And, you know, one of the things that I've done with my team over at Stop Hate is to build a website that has this information for free. You can go and dig through all the public video that you can get your hands on, read stories, watch movies. We have our two documentaries, Writing History and Bloody Hill. Uh, everything's free on our website. We're not trying to to build a brand or to make money or or anything, it would be nice to cover our cost a little bit and get some support. But we have more important things to support, in my opinion. That's the J6 hostages and their families. And that's been our focus for two and a half years. Now, it cost me personally, but it's worth it for these people to stand up and to stand in the gap for them and to bear witness for them. First of all, I was there on January 6th, so I witnessed it. But then after January, we, we started compiling this information and Lawyers started reaching out saying, you know, every time we look for information on our clients, we find stophate.com. Why is that? And how do you have this much information? I said, look, my employees 
are actively charged for crimes in J6. So we have a vested interest in literally fighting for our freedom. And, and we knew the information was, was key. So important for this whole story. So what we've done is, is try to make that publicly available. People can go and study when you go to stophatecom slash J6, you'll see a, a tab across the front with J6 research documentaries, articles, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, there's so many things to to look into video-wise. And then our calls to action, there are so many things you can do to support these people. So don't ever wonder if there's anything that you can do. You can pray for them. You can write letters. You can sing for freedom and video yourself. You can buy the prisoner's book and help support them directly and share these stories. And, you know, it's been really interesting to watch for two and a half years the media and the control that they've had over these prisoners, the hostages, their families, and, and their stories that people need to hear so badly. So, you know, a lot of that is listed on the site, but a lot of it is where you have to plug in personally and find out for yourself. And one thing that, that our guest did, Tim Rivers, is compiled some of these stories from these prisoners and put them into a book, and it's artwork, it's letters, it's it's cries of pain and patriotism from these guys that have been held, many without their first real trials. So it's not like they're convicted and they're sitting in jail. It's absolutely the opposite. They're still waiting for their real day in court. Now there's hearings, and yes, they've been charged, but they have not been sentenced. So they've been sitting for two and a half years, and many of these guys, for the simple fact that they witnessed Roseanne Boylan's death at the hands of the Metro Police, and I believe they're trying to keep their stories quiet and bump their cases back until the government can say, hey, look at all these pleas that we've been able to harass people into taking. Look at all these pounds of flesh we've taken from from a thousand people. And, and of course, now we might have made a little mistake with Roseanne Boylan, but look at all the bad people. And I think they're just trying to put, you know, more points on the board until the information about all these deaths comes out. But I want you to also know that the J6ers themselves are resilient, patriotic people that will will not bend the knee to this tyrannical government. And And the reason I say that, they've had opportunities. They, they could have taken plea deals. All they have to say is orange man bad and, and Biden won the election and, and they would really go easy on these people, but they're not, they're not going to lie for this administration. They're not going to lie about their intent or what they witnessed or why they went there in the first place or what they saw. They're not going to lie for these people because that's not the, the fabric that they're cut from. These are founding fathers material people that are willing to stand and fight for us and for our beliefs for every J six or there's 10 more people that wish they had gone even seeing the follow the fallout from the actions that day, they still wish that they had gone. They still wish that they'd supported. And I want to say that a lot of people that are watching this right now are going to feel bad that they didn't support these people earlier, that they listened too much to the media or they listened too much to the talking heads or they were just too timid to get involved because they just didn't know and they couldn't trust these people well enough to just support them because 
but I'm telling you that's the right thing to do is just support them because because it's not just them. It's their families. It's their children. And there are only a few groups that are supporting these January Sixers in an honest way with integrity and, and pure intentions. Just a few groups. And, and listen, Tim Rivers is the leader of one of these groups, basically the, the American Gulag Chronicles. Another is Marie Goodwin and Paula Calloway from uh, the Patriot Mail Project. And together, we with Stop Hate and a couple other groups raised over $50,000 last Christmas just so these kids could have gifts. And that's a pretty tough spot. You know, mom has had to get a job or two or three because the breadwinner dad is in jail and they're just trying to make ends meet. They're trying to survive and just pay the bills is hard enough. And, And to go through all this mental anguish and stress brought on by the government. There's no no reason to raid these people's homes the way they do with the flashbang grenades and and the big armored vehicles and, you know, 30 FBI agents. It's pointless. You know, none of these people were caught on the run because nobody's running. Everyone's picked up at their house because that's where they live. And, you know, after January 6th, nobody went home and tore anything up or caught anything on fire or destroyed their own community that that's we went to protest we were attacked we defended ourselves and we went home and now we continue to suffer the fallout day after day and and i want people to realize there are small children involved in this that had nothing to do with it and you can't blame daddy for doing something if daddy didn't do anything wrong and that's what we're learning and what i've been saying to people from day one when you hear these people tell stories, they're not lies. They're not making it up. I've gone through video after video after video. I haven't disproven any of the stories from the January Sixers yet. See, these lawyers, when they contacted me and said, how do you have all this? What do you know? Will you be an investigator for our firm? Yes. And that granted me access to the government database, to all the secret video that everybody talks about. I've been in for over a year digging through there, helping these lawyers, helping these defendants, trying to, you know, prove or disprove what these people did or didn't do. And and it's arduous task, but it needs to be done. And there's not a lot of people out there doing it. And, And, you know, I'm just a carpenter from East Texas, but I want you to understand that I said, yes, it's just an action thing. Just like when Mark Sutherland came to the United States and said, yes, he'll come and speak at my little rally that started this whole thing. And if you listen closely, his voice was in that teaser and and he's been a dear friend and and a very strong advocate for the January 6th hostages and their families as well. And Mark sits on the board of directors at the American Gulag Chronicles. Now we're proud to have him as as a member of that. And, you know, that's all it takes is for us to say yes. Uh, you don't even need to know why or why you're going or what you're going to say or where you're going to go, what you're going to do. God will show you if you're aligned correctly. And and listen, we just try to live that and support these people best we can. And uh, the Bible's really specific about who to support. And it says to support the widow, the orphan, and the prisoner. And right now our churches are getting a big zero on some of that. You know, we we have very little support 
from any of the churches for these January Sixers. And and I don't know if it's to protect their 501c3 or they just don't like making the government mad. They just want to keep the peace. They're peacekeepers, not peacemakers. I'm not sure what their issues are. But I don't know that God honors that position or those, those that stance when innocent people are literally being tortured by our own government on our own land in solitary confinement. The food issues, the, the non-visitation, the non-church, the, the things that they're doing to these guys. There are J6 prisoners that beg to go to Gitmo because they believe the treatment would be better then they're getting at the hands of these guards in the D.C. gulag. And there are other prisons around America that have these. You can go to PatriotMailProject.com or .org and see a map that shows where these people are all spread out. And, uh, you know, they're Oklahoma to Virginia and D.C. down to Florida. They're in a lot of different places. And, uh, you know, people aren't aware of how many people there's, I believe, over 120 people currently incarcerated. That Over a thousand have been charged. Over 600 have taken plea deals because they just can't take the weight of the federal government on their neck, breathing down their throat, saying, we're coming to get you. We're coming. So they fold. A lot of people have taken the plea and, and they stood strong. They fought. But you know what? You can't find an attorney that's going to represent you that's going to do a good job. It's almost like they're in it for the money. Imagine that all those attorney jokes came from somewhere and we're finding out where they came from now, because most of these attorneys are jokes, you know, especially the, the, the store bought uh, court appointed ones. They are trying to get you to take a plea. And, and what's amazing to me is the amount of attorneys that we think that are on our side that we think are good guys that arm wrestle these people to take a plea, just take a plea, take a plea, take a plea. Or to say, don't you think it would be a win if you just didn't go to jail? If you just got probation and didn't have to spend a day in jail, isn't that a win? No, that's not a win. That's not a win at all. That's uh, a loss because you didn't walk away scot-free laughing, saying you can't catch me because I didn't do anything wrong. So what happens is you go to defend yourself and the court says you can't use the First Amendment. Let's think about that for a minute. You can't use the First Amendment. So this whole Constitution thing, what does that mean if you can't even use it to defend yourself? So the First Amendment, of course, is your freedom of speech. And if you listen back to Trump's speech, he said, we're going to go down. We're going to walk down peacefully and patriotically to make our voices heard. That is the standard definition of free speech. And yet these judges say the first amendment is out. You can't use it. You can't reference it. You can't refer to it at all. You can't say anything about freedom of speech. It's off limits. And then they interject your intent. Oh, you, you came to overthrow our democracy. Well, if your democracy is that fragile, probably needs to be thrown over. Secondly, it's not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. Let's get that straight more again of how much those words matter. It's like them trying to take the word patriot and make it a bad thing. Or to say that an oath keeper, one that keeps their oath that they swore to the United States 
to def- to defend and protect against all enemies, foreign and domestic, an oath keeper is a bad thing. I don't think so. But this is the way the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, George Washington University, Dalton, there's so many different organizations and groups that are on the take, that are part of the deal. They're part of that bad machine, and that's what we're actually exposing. But we have to get to a point where we do something about it. So we've been doing this little experiment, and it's really interesting because uh, so far everybody's failed it. And and let me explain it to you. Uh, a friend of mine got thrown in jail one time because he knew about something that happened and didn't report it. He worked at this insurance place or medical place, and and he heard that the bosses were doing something shady with the books. And he said, man, I can't be a part of that. I got to go. So he quit. He quit the job, left. A couple of years later, the FBI reaches out to him and says, hey, uh, did you work at such and such place? Yeah, I did. He says, did you work here during this time? Well, a little bit. I heard that those guys were doing some shady stuff. So I quit. Dude, I can't be a part of any of that. I got to go. They said, well, there's a little problem with that. And he said, well, what? What they were doing was a felony, and you didn't report it to anybody. So now you have to go to jail for two and a half years. So let me explain that. It's 18 U.S. Code subsection 4, and it clearly states, if you know about a felony that's cognizable by a federal court, you have to report it in a timely manner or in some other terms as soon as possible. Or you can go to jail for up to three years and pay a fine. It's 2500 bucks or something. It's principal. But you can go to jail for three years if you don't report a felony that's cognizable by the courts. So what's interesting is we had that little J6 hearing a couple of weeks ago in D.C. And uh, Sarah McAbee, bless her heart, she did a great job. And she called and she said, hey, what would you put in my speech if you could put one thing in there? I said, I would just put the 18 U.S. Code subsection 4. Because that puts them all on notice. That means Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Troy Nels. Oh, there's a couple of different people in there are all responsible. So what that means is they have to report these murders that have been reported to them. They were told that these were two heart attacks and a drug overdose. And we're here saying the information you have is wrong. And you must report these to a court and open investigations. But therein lies the problem. Who, who are you going to get to investigate this? The guys that did it? I mean, you, you can't have the Capitol Police investigate it. That, that wouldn't be smart. You can't have the FBI investigate it. That definitely wouldn't be smart. Of course, the Rangers, the Marshals, they're all related at some level. So, you know, in my opinion, it needs to be an independent council or investigative body or team. Um, We already have several of those and we've done all the homework. We kind of have everything listed out and uh, ready to go. And we've had it that way for a long time. And, And just understand that having access to the video myself, being able to talk about what I see, but not reproduce it. I can't copy it. I can't print. I can't broadcast it, but I can sure tell you what's on there and, and, and check it out. 
for the longest time, people say, oh, we don't have access to the video. We need access to the video so we can know what's on the video. And I say, hey, I've got access to the video. Yeah, well, yeah, but but we don't have access. We really don't. And then all of a sudden, hey, Julie Kelly, John Solomon, and Joe, oh, what's his name from Epoch, Hanneman, all have access. But they're not dumping videos every day. They're, they're not even doing anything with it. It's like, what do y'all have access to? Well, they only have the CCTV. So they've got about a third of the story from January 6th. The CCTV doesn't even have sound. It's the little cameras up in the corner of the rooms or the hallways or on the building. They don't have sound. So you're missing a lot of it right there. Plus, none of those cameras show the deaths. Not in a way that you can recognize them. So the Kevin Greason one's too far away. Roseanne Boylan's is covered with spray. You can't tell what's going on. So there's no way that these three reporters that have been, quote, unquote, given access can tell you anything new that we haven't already told you for the last two and a half years. And sure enough, the first video that John Solomon put out was nothing new. It was first published in October of 2021. So just think about the level of censorship. And and, and now they're trying to tell you, oh, we're going to get to the bottom of this. How? With one third of the information? And yet here I sit with body cams and public video and the CCTV. Nobody really wants to talk about it. So it just makes you understand fully and completely how hijacked J6 has become for the upcoming election and how they're going to drip slowly CIA style all this information as we get closer and closer to to the election. That's where the deaths are going to pop out. That's where all this corruption and, oh, the judge this and those bad people and all this. It's really sad to know that we're being used as pawns. And for us to realize the only people can that can save us from this is ourselves and we're not. And I think that's a, a frustrating theme that's been running through our community for a couple of years since we were made aware of it. And it doesn't seem to be getting a lot better. So I just encourage each and every one of you watching this to get a little fire under you, do something to get involved You know, you hear people say all the time, they came for us or coming for you next. Yeah, it sounds great. I didn't do anything. That's what people said about J6. Look, we didn't do crazy stuff. We didn't go to the Capitol. We didn't push people around. We didn't hurt police. We didn't this and that. No, you just went to your school meeting and said you didn't like CRT. All of a sudden, the same FBI showed up at your house, banging on your door. Doesn't feel good. But everybody's on that list. And if you think I'm lying, just go say something on Twitter and they'll put you on there. They'll come see you later. Hey, listen, I see that our friends in here, I want to I want to bring Tim in and spend the rest of our time with him. Wealth of information, you know, interviews these J6ers all the time. Put together the American Gulag Chronicles book, started J6 Patriot News, which has been a wealth of information for people through the interviews and the give and take with the prisoners and their family. So, Tim, welcome to the show. How are you, my brother? You're muted, sir. Hit that red button down there, brother. There it is. Okay, sorry. I got too many buttons to hit. That <laughs> better. All right, yeah, thanks for having me on today. Sorry about that. The, um, You know, it, it, we, we keep talking about when's something going to happen. Um, we've, those of us who have been around here for two years, we've seen way too much um, to, to just – 
calmly understand why none of this gets to the mainstream media, why the American public is denied access to this information, um, why the, the DOJ and the FBI and Biden's administration are so deathly afraid of truth. Um, there's an axiom that says that, and in fact, I think it may have been Washington, uh, our, our, one of our founding fathers that said it, that, that truth cannot be concealed when there are men determined to find it. And I think there's people here determined to find it. I know you are, David. I know yes, uh, so many of us are are searchers of truth. And when we see it and we see the disparity um, between what, you know, the public, the general public gets to see and what we see for our own evidence with our own eyes and with the testimony of people that we meet who were there that day, who were involved, it's very disturbing. I, I'm, it's a dichotomy of thought. Um, that, that's hard to reconcile why the rest of the American public doesn't see this. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's really painful. I'm glad you brought that up because just today I reached out to somebody for support and help and, you know, somebody that's been there in the past and, and it's great, you know, and I appreciate every little bit of support anybody ever gets us. Well, for some reason, uh, my friend said back, you know, Hey, I think you're beating your head against the wall. You know, I, I, I don't see this changing. I'm so frustrated. I'm so you know, put out that nobody's doing anything. And, 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 you know, we heard Trump back in his inauguration saying, hey, giving the power back to the people, the people, the people, the people. But are we too lazy to do anything for ourselves? I mean, are we, are we going to let the government just steamroll these people into the ground? And I mean, people tell me, David, cut and run. You can survive this thing. You can go. You hadn't been charged. They hadn't thrown you in jail, all this stuff. Live to fight another day. I'm like, how can you people leave our friends in such a bad spot and still sleep at night. How do you turn your head on these people? And then we see the gatekeeper media, Tim, that, that bothers me as much as anything, because you know, as well as I do, we've been sitting on these stories since day one, we've got the witnesses, we've got the testimony, we've got the proof that we need and yet nothing is ever done. And, and, you know, I'm changing the uh, definition of insanity. It used to be to do the same thing over and over and never get any different results or expect different results. I think the definition now is to vote for these same clowns over and over and over and actually think that we're going to be represented. But you know, I'm going to say something right now, because at the same time, I, I just had a long conversation with, um, with two gentlemen who called me from the, like almost back to back from the jails. Um, and both of them had the same message. They said, we're so grateful that you guys are still here after two years because everybody, there's so many people who have just faded away, who have just given up, who have just said, you can't beat this, so we're done. We're so grateful that there are still people who have the stamina to say, no, we are not done. We're still breathing. Um, and, and, and that gratitude, I, I'll be real frank with you, is what makes me put my feet on the floor in the morning. That's um, all we get. That's all we get, brother. I mean, it, it, you know, and this is the thing. It's a thankless job except from the J6 community. I mean, nobody else in the world cares. Nobody is going to support it. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets those phone calls and those messages, those letters that say, thank you. I mean, I have one J6er that, that occasionally just out of nowhere, has anyone thanked you today? I just want to thank you. I mean, that goes so far. And, and for my friend to say, you know, I believe you're beating your head against the wall. Hey, I do too. I do too. And, and chances have it. We're going to go down with this ship. 
But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I don't think. Okay, first of all, there's a duty that we have as Americans, I'm, and a lot of people have forgotten that because we have, for two generations, we have failed to teach that duty in our public school systems, in our universities, even within our administrations. Um, we've failed to reach out and and to continually refresh patriotism in this country. And I'm I can tell you that because it was taught when I went to grade school and junior high. But when my children went, it was not. And when my grandchildren went, it was just a ghost of a thought. It no longer existed as well as art and PE and anything else. It didn't exactly feed into the programming. Um, that's a travesty in this country. It, it's our responsibility as parents and Americans to make sure that the next generation is prepared to be Americans, you, could, you, know, you mentioned we the people, like when are we the people? No, we have to be the people. It's really not about we the people. It's about individualism. It's about individuals standing up. And guess what? When you do, there'll be people beside you. You know, when David stands up, people like me stand up. When I stand up, other people stand up. It, it's, it's a parade and somebody has to start it and then everybody else can join. And so there is individualism involved in this. Individuals have to get up, step out the front door, leave the comfort zone of your home, leave the ubiquity of, I do not want to hear these things, no, 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 they're horrible, that's yes. like the government would never do this to me, no way. That has to be left behind. The reality is, if you have not opened your eyes and seen what's happening in this country to your children, to your armies and your navies and your military, to your veterans, to your Christians. If you haven't woken up to any of these things, I'm wondering which cave you have been hiding in. Now, it's not enough to wake up because if you know it, then you have to do something. You have to do something. And this is this is the message I get from these guys over and over again. You know, Jeremy Brown, American hero, Green Beret, and another Green Beret, Jeff McKellop, they both say the same thing. Do something. Don't care what it is. Do something. Um, and, and that's our message to America is to do something. And, you know, even more than that, they, they've said that to individually to us and to all of their supporters in letters and in text and in phone calls. And I, many of you have seen their interviews where they speak openly of this. They put all of those things in their heart to America and we put it in a book. Their letters, their messages, everything that's really important to them about what happened that day is in this book, and they wrote it for America. And, you know, one of the things that, that you can do to get beyond this mainstream media wall to help people come out of that stupor is to share this book. If you own a copy, show it to somebody else, ask them to read it, buy a copy for your library, buy a copy for a friend. Buy a copy for your state or your county representative. Do something that's positive. Share information. These people have written to America. Let's deliver the mail. That's right, brother. That is exactly right. Listen, buy one for your library. Go donate it. Buy one for your home, one for your library, and then go back and make sure. So let's play that little ad uh, on that on that link. See if we can get a little clip for people here. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill 
and combine it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Because of all of you, MyPillow 2.0 has been a huge success. And now we're bringing you our best-selling Go Anywhere MyPillows with the same temperature-regulating technology. Made with my patented adjustable fill and brand-new cooling fabric, they're truly the next generation of MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to save over 60% on our MyPillow 2.0 four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillows and two Go Anywhere MyPillows Regular $259.92, now only $99.98. King size, just $10 more. This is a limited time offer, so please order now. So that will give you a very good idea of what this contains and why. And, and listen, Tim, I can't thank you enough. You and Marie did such a great job compiling all this information and laying it out so professionally. And and it, it, it's a book not only just for the cool factor, but the historic factor, I don't think people understand the stories that these guys tell are the stories that mainstream media does not want you to hear or know because it tells the truth of the day, which is their true intent, not what the government wants to interject. So it's so important for us to, how do I say it, Tim, sew this into the fabric of our country. That's the that's the library program. That's the Senator Yellow Ribbon program for congressmen and and trying to get these copies into hands of people that can really make a difference, but nobody can make a difference like each person watching this in their own world, in their own community, with their own family and friends and church and network. That's where we need this. That's where we need the grassroots. And 100% of the proceeds from this book go to help the J6 hostages and their families. It's an all volunteer board. All of us work for free. We're all in this to support these people the best way we can. So thank you, Tim, for the opportunity just to do that. Absolutely. And this is a great book. And and on 100% of the proceeds after printing and shipping costs goes to the American Gulag Chronicles Incorporated. It's a nonprofit organization. Those funds are 100% distributed out to J6 defendants and families to get them through these trials to make sure they don't lose their homes, their cars, that they can travel to see their families and that they get uh, all the nutrients and everything that's needed while they're being held in some of these prisons. Um, I, I really uh, encourage you to go to J6 Patriot News or Stop Hate. Listen to some of these interviews from these guys. Hear their voices. Let them tell you themselves uh, in their own words exactly what happened that day and what's happening to them now. And do something. It, it, even if you're not convinced it's the absolutely right thing to do, do something. Don't just sit there. Uh, you can make a difference. You have a talent. Um, you may not even realize what that talent is. I didn't know what mine were for this cause, but you'll find them very rapidly. You'll you'll be given that message. And I well, encourage you to step out that door. That's an amazing thing to say, brother, because it's true. And, you know, we all have gifts. A lot of people live their whole life and never exercise their gift. We get stuck in life, in a job that we don't even like, but we got to make the money. And then we never get to do what we're passionate about. But, hey, let's let's face it. We're here to serve each other. And, and to support each other. And there's no better way than to get behind these J6ers. And, and I promise you, when this all washes out, you'll understand the importance of it, what it means to the world, not just America. But these stories and these books are so touching and so real. I challenge anybody to to read it and not get involved. That, that's how it is. These people motivate you. And the patriotism, the love for God and country that they have is so strong, folks, because I, I would I would be 
really challenged to keep the kind of good attitude that these folks have, have kept, you know, by and large, they are, you know, the kind of troopers we want in there fighting for us and they deserve our support. And, and just on a side note for some of that, uh, stop slash J six has calls to action. Like we looked at a minute ago and it's from prayer to letter writing, you know, all the different things. Some are free, you know, and, and some cost a couple bucks, but there's, also, the fundraisers for the guys that goes to their individual gifts and goes, we're not in the money touching business. We're here to help people. We don't make money at any of this stuff. And we don't care to. But you can go to the Department of Defense and, and find fundraisers for all these people. Um, it's on the front page uh, right up at the top and or just a couple down. But you'll see the SHDOD, and that just takes you to a portal with just a collection of give, send, go accounts, uh, a lot of the people. And if you know of anybody that needs help, listen, there's a, there's a helpline and and they can call it. It's 833-SAVED-J6 if they just need to talk to somebody. There's so many J6ers out there that have not been identified, that are hurting, that are lonely, that have been two and a half years by themselves. And we're trying to find them and minister to them and bring them into our family. So if you are one or you know one, please have them reach out to David at stophate.com or, or Tim at J six Patriot news. Any of us, uh, there are ways to get in touch. You know, Patriot mail project is perfect for that as well, but we have a support system and, and we've worked really hard to develop this to, to really be here for each other. Tim, you've been a, a critical part of that. This book has really filled a void that we needed informationally and, and monetarily. It's done a tremendous thing, but it seems as if, it's kind of plateaued a little bit and we're trying to, you know, find ways to, to revigorate the sales a little bit and help these people out. So anybody watching that uh, has any ideas about that or wants to make a donation to help us in that way, please reach out. And, and these people, like I said, are very deserving of our support. I know many of you are, are churchgoers and many of you have uh, Bible study groups. I urge you take one of these books with you or even go on to our site. And just the first 14 pages you can read for free and read one of these letters to your group. And remember, this, this Matthew 25 says exactly what we're supposed to do for our fellow man when they're in need and follow that scripture for him. These folks are our patriot brothers and sisters and they need your help. And That's we right. Appreciate it. That's right. And listen, just for this network, just just for the opportunity to tell this story, please support this network. And, and do what you can. Listen, let, let's run that ad real quick so people know what allowed us to come here. And, and please, y'all reach out and support and make sure that we have opportunities to speak on platforms just like this.
So I challenge you. I challenge you. Go pick up a copy or two and, and just know that you're helping people that desperately need and deserve your help. And you're going to be a big part of history when you understand that the stories that they tell are true and the extent of which our government has gone to try to vilify these good people. And even Trump said in his speech a few weeks ago that these are good people, great people, and they're being treated like hell. It really is up to us to support them. It's amazing how much uh, synchronicity we see between you know, people who have been writing these letters and we've been reading them for two years. And now as more and more video, more and more CCTV, more and more crowdsourced video has come out. It just validates everything that they said about that day. It validates everything that they tell you about how the violence began and what people were doing. It's just an amazing puzzle for the American public that finally all the pieces are coming together on the table for you. You need to assemble them. You need to understand the truth of that day and the truth of the reason for it and what's happening to America because of it. And then you need to step out the front door. That's what it takes. That's what it takes is action. It's taking that first step. You'll figure it out later. And, and my challenge is go pick something off of that to-do list, off of that, uh, you know, calls to action list. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. But I promise you, you're going to feel good about anything you do to support these people. And, and listen, the letters, they appreciate these letters more than anything, guys, because it's a touch from the outside world. It's appreciation. It's love and support. And, and, and just go on there and, and pick somebody that, you know, Department of Defense has listings there, or you can go to Patriot Mail Project and, and pick by the state, adopt the people from your area, from your state, and then write them a letter and say, hey, we're going to support you through this. We're going to help you with your commissary, your phone calls, your your clothing, depending on seasons. I mean, y'all, I don't know if you have an understanding of how expensive it is in, in here for phone calls and for food and things in, in the prison it's ridiculous. And, and listen, we're not the first ones. This has been happening to other communities and, and groups for decades. The same prosecutors, the same justice system has been unjust. And, and it's really kind of on us for not getting more involved earlier. We get that. We've heard that a lot in the last two and a half years. But trust me, we're awake now. And it's not just about us. It's about everyone that's been treated this way. And, and we're learning from that. So I want people to understand that this is a growing process but it's very necessary for us to experience that so we can relate to it so we can fix it but that's what scares people is when we want to fix things together the r's and the d's or the reds and the blues or that side and this side because when you face it i mean one group's the red ants one group's the black ants and the only people shaking the jar are the government otherwise we get along fine and this is one of those situations that's divided this country that we have to resolve. We have to find a way to make amends and to prove what we said happened or we'll never get over the speed bump. You know, justice, the, the symbol that everybody remembers of justice of lady justice <clears throat> is a woman holding the, the scales with a blindfold. That's a Greek goddess. that was, has formed the backbone of democracies and civilizations who have formalized the contract between themselves and their citizenry to say how we will behave for each other, what will be the rules, how will we all follow them. But what you don't often see is if you pull back the original statues of justice, she is also holding a sword and it's a double-edged sword to prove that justice can cut both ways when abused. 
And that's something we need to remember that, that, that our justice in this country is a contract between us and our government and how we behave with each other. And when that contract is broken, it's time for a renegotiation. And now for all of you business owners who are actually stockholders in the United States of America, I encourage you to call your employee, your representative, your senator, heck, even your AG and your governor, and tell them it's time to get this right. Man, I, I second, I third, I fourth, fifth that to death, man. That That is, they work for us. Listen, they've got it backwards. They've tried to make us believe that we work for them. And a lot of people, I guess, are happy with that. I, for one, am not, never will be. And I think it's time we take what ours back and and give that freedom to these people that have been robbed of it by this government. So, Tim, listen, brother, I appreciate you coming in today. Last moment notice. I, I appreciate you stepping up to the plate and and helping explain part of this about this book to people. It, it's a big part of history, man. I can't thank you enough for that. But the importance of it for them to understand is that much more important, brother. It's the message. It's the message that's in that book is what's important. Now, we love for you to help donate money to help these people, but this message is the primary reason for the book. So please do listen to your mail. Beautifully said, beautifully said. So just think about it, people. Yeah, you're getting a book and it's helping people. You're learning history. You're seeing what actually happened. And guess who's going to inherit that book one of these days? Your kids, your grandkids. These are the stories you're never going to hear anywhere else except through opportunities like this through this book. So please go to lettersfromprison.us. You can go to j6patriotnews.com. You go to stophate.com. Any of those websites, you can find more links on stophate.com to all of our friends in the in the industry that are helping these people. And, and do something. Pick some group. Pick somebody. Pick a person. Pick a family. Carry them through Christmas. You know, hey, look, we're, we're, we're looking at Independence Day again real soon. And we don't have that still. I have a really hard time with holidays and celebrating things that don't exist so we need to get this back to a place to where we can recognize it again. The the founding fathers top country that they envisioned, we're so far away from that right now. And it's up to us to, like Tim said, we the people, be the people so we can free the people. And the people are us. So, hey, listen, until next time, God bless you and keep you. Thank you for letting me share this time with you and for sharing it with me. And thanks to our guest, Tim, for coming in tonight. Y'all have a great night. Mm-hmm.